Okay, let's begin Parsha's Masay. Tavshin Pebez, as we, Baruch Hashem, have Achdus amongst Klai Yisrael, as all of Jews, all Jews everywhere, finish off Sefer Bamidbar, um, Masay in Eretz Yisrael, Matos Masay in Chutzlaretz, um, and we have Achdus. Last week we started the Achdus, we had the same Haftorah last week, everyone had the Haftorah of Matos, and this week we have the Torah of Masay, Haftorah of Masay, and then we have the Haftorah of Dvarim, Shabbos Chazon, the following week. So we start off uh, with a Dubna Magid. Start off with a Dubna Magid in the O.L. Yaakov, <coughs> quoted source number one, uh, which many Mepharshim talk about uh, and allude to. The Rishonim already discusses what exactly is the message of the first two psukim in the Parsha. Ela Masay B'nai Yisrael. These are the travels of B'nai Yisrael, that they went out of Mitzrayim, B'yad Moshe V'yaharon, with Moshe Naron, B'yechto Moshe es Motsa'ehem l'masehem, api Hashem. Moshe wrote down, wrote down the Motsa'os l'masehem. He wrote down where they went out from, l'masehem, to where they traveled to, v'api Hashem, be'i l'masehem l'masehem. And these are them, and we're about to list. So there's a lot of words there that seem to mean the same thing, that these are the travels. What exactly is the message that the Torah is trying to convey to us? So in terms of the message of the Masos in general, we've spoken about that in the past. That's the Rambam and the Ramban. The Ramban here at the beginning of the parsha quotes the Rambam and the Moranavuchim in the third Chelek. <coughs> what the, uh, the message is that the nobody uh, rewrites history uh, as we see uh, throughout the ages when people try to rewrite history. The Rambam says, no, you should know that it was in the middle of nowhere and that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu took care of us uh, and uh, all the Doros Habayim should know. And the Ramban has his pshat, many other uh, ideas. But the Dubna Magid has a mashal, as he always does, to explain this uh, this pasuga by Yichtel Moshe is Mutzoehem Lamasehem, and then right afterwards we have the opposite Ve'Lamasehem Mutzoehem. Ishecha Nasa Isha Shnia Shenis, a man marries a woman Vahayelo Ben Meishta Rishona, but he has a he has a son from a previous marriage, son from a previous marriage. A man gets married a second time. And the stepmother uh, causes a lot of sorrows for the son from the previous marriage. The, uh, son, the father ha- has been traveling and he, he meets a young girl that he thinks would be great for his son. And he does the background and he does the, uh, the back checks. And uh, yeah, she's she's the one. He tells his son that amazing. I found you a shidduch. Let's go meet the girl. Maybe the days of old when just the parents did everything and they said, okay, we'll get married in three months. They went. They started traveling on the. On the way, as they were traveling to go meet the Kala, the son says to the Balagala, "Hageli, come up our souls, far as Rachnu Meirino. How far are we? How far did we travel so far?" The Balagala says, "Kfar Avarnu Shlosha Parsos. Already three Parsos we've already traveled. Le'acharka Chazor Navashal. Come up our souls, far as Rachnu. How far have we traveled? Heishalagala Sheva Parsos seven. And finally, Shal Gama Ha'av. The father asked the Balagala." Oh, come up, parsos. How much? How much? Uh, how many parsos are, are there till we get to the city of where our uh, the Kala lives? Shalan Arzaviv b'tzmiyah. The son asked the father. Anisha aldi come up, parsos kfar varnu. I counsel yes. How far are we? How much do we travel already? How much do we travel already? 
Right now, if you go on an airplane, often they have how many, how far you are from your, um, where you flew from, and how far are you from your destination, and uh, you're able to see. And I guess different people focus on different things. You know how uh, how how far are we or how close we are? Well, the father says here. Um, well, really, under that is a real difference of of emda, um, of position, of what you're thinking about. You've never met your kala yet. You've never seen the family. You don't understand how, how amazing the family is. You can't imagine the amazing family that you're marrying into. You're focusing on what you've experienced. You're focusing on the stepmother, what you're trying to get away from. And that's why you keep asking, how far are we, how far are we? Because that's what's giving you simcha. When you're going from a situation of tzara to a situation of simcha, so what do we focus on? How far the tzara is and give hakara sato for that or how close the simcha is. And I focus on what you're going to have and that's what's amazing in my mind. And the nimshal is, says the Dubna Magid, says the Oal Yaakov, we never met the Kala yet. We never met the um, marriage that we're going to have. We never met the other side, Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, I think we mentioned a couple of weeks ago even, the, the beautiful thought that one of the Mepharshim explained why the beginning of uh, Meseches Kedushin, we have Kicha, Kicha, Misde Ephraim, we have the Gzei Shava. The source for Kedushin Kesef, getting married with money, is when Amr Avinu bought the Ma'aras HaMachpelah and the, and the fields and the trees. And the question many of the Bali Machshava ask is, what is the connection? Right, buying a, uh, getting married is like buying a piece of property? And the answer we mentioned, and that some say is that no, no, no. Getting uh, our connection to Eretz Yisrael is like a marriage. And that's exactly what he said. And that's how you can have the Gzair Shava. That's the Tom, the message behind that Gzair Shava. And that's what's going on here. What the Bible says, we are getting married, so to speak, to the Eretz Yisrael. We never, we never saw it yet. We've heard about it. Our focus was what we had been through and the terrible times in Mitzrayim, and that's why we focus on where we came from, Lokein Moshe Rabbeinu, Sheyad Aleichen Humalicha Moshe Rabbeinu, he was never there, but he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him, it's as if he was there, uh, in terms of his Hakara, La'eretz of Asklav Edvash, Shekol Tuvba, Lachin Manas HaMasos HaShalafanov, and that's why Moshe writes, Vichla Moshe, Moshe is Motsayhem, Lamasayhem, the goal is Lamasayhem, he writes the Masos, where they're going. Yisrael also is a cheshbon. Rak al haharchaka mikur haoni mimitzrayim. But Yisrael do the opposite. Ula gabama yezeve ilu masayhem lo motzayhem. And regarding them, it's the opposite. The focus is where they're coming from, not just where they are going, where they are going to. Okay. Another thought on the second pasuk, on this, uh, you know, how how it, it changes motzayhem lo masayhem. Uh, and what does it? What, and what does it mean? And also, it says, "Vayichto uh, Moshe." Moshe wrote. What do you mean, Moshe wrote? Moshe wrote the whole Torah. Hashem dictated the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu. And Dafke here it says, "Vayichto Moshe." Now, what exactly is that meant to teach us? So I'm sorry, I put the, the, as, as out of order on the sheet. Uh, the Arachayim Hakadosh. This is source number eight. If you look uh, on the third page, uh, that is uh, what we're going to do next, and then we'll go back. It just uh, was put. 
um, out of order. So the Archaim HaKadosh says here, it's verse number 8, Moshe's Ladas, what is the what is the Pazak trying to teach us? Again, the Archaim is always medayik in language. Um, I think uh, I've mentioned in the past that Rabbi Isaac Bernstein used to call the Archaim the Ramban of the Achronim. The Ramban of the Achronim. Tzorach Ladas, Mamo Dienu Akasuv, Bimamarze, Imlomar Shemoshe Ksavam, Halakala Torah Moshe Kazam. Moshe wrote the whole Torah. What is Dafka? All of a sudden here, Moshe wrote the Masos. Moshe wrote the uh, where they traveled from. Moshe wrote everything. Vahamasos haksuvim batora, michala Torah. Parshas Masa is part of the Torah. Moshe wrote the whole Torah. Right? It says that, uh, remember the Gemara Mesechas Benachas, right? Moshe and, and, um, and Baal Basra, that Akash Baruch Hu Omer, Umoshe Omer Bekosev, or Moshe Kosev, the Dema, right? The, the last, the last ape took him in the Torah, but Moshe wrote it. So we know Moshe wrote the whole Torah. So what exactly is the message here, Dafka, by Masse, that Moshe wrote? Od Hayel Olomar also says the Arachayim HaKadosh. Vayichto Moshe es Masehem. I should have said Moshe wrote Masehem. What does it even have to say? Motsehem. Just say Moshe Moshe wrote Masehem. Laod lama chazava lomar elam Masehem. Valok far amar elam Masehem. It already says elam Masehem in Yisrael and Pasuk Aleph. And what does it have to say again? Elam Masehem lomotsehem. Od lama shina. Why does it change? But chila hiktim lomar lomotsehem. First it says, Motsoehem Lomasehem, and then it says, Masehem Lomotsoehem, as we asked before from the Dubnamag. So, Venera Shahakasuv Niskaven Lahodienu, Seder Ksivas Hamasos, Dafka by the Masos. This is the most uh, graphic example that we could give to highlight the following idea, says the Arachayim HaKadosh. The Pasuk's telling us the writing of the Masos, Shalonichtavu Biyomechad. Ela alze haseder. It was not written all on one day, all the masos. It was written in this order, in this way. Shehiskel Moshe lo tope pinkaso b'mitzvah hamelech miyom shiyatzim mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu took notes. He had a journal. Moshe Rabbeinu had a journal. Says the Arachayim Akadosh from, from when they left Mitzrayim. The following. Yom Shiyatomi Mitzrayim, Kasav Pasig Vayisu Bene Yisrael Me Ramses. When they left Mitzrayim, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote that they traveled from Ramses, right? Pasig Gimel, right here. Vayisu Me Ramses, Machodesh Rishon. After they did it, after they traveled, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it. They Bene Yisrael, they Ramses. Beis Ksuvim Haboim Keechad Haksumel Afaneinu Ad Tevas Shvatim. Right, Pasig Beis, Pasig Gimel, no, not Pasig Beis, Pasig Gimel and Pasig Dalet, right? They traveled from Ramses in the first month, on the 15th, that's Pesach, that was Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, Mimachar as a Pesach, they went out, U Mitzrayim Kabrim Es Asher Hika, Hashem Bahem Kol Bechar, and the Mitzrayim were burying their firstborns, Uvelo Hehem, Asa Hashem Shvatim, and Hashem did Shvatim to all of their gods, right? Even the firstborns and the gods and the idols in Mitzrayim. So when they left Mitzrayim, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote those two Pesukim in his journal, Ukshechanu besukos, and when they camped in Sukkos, kasa pasik vayisu v'gamar vayisu besukos. Next pasik, pasik hey vayisu b'risomir rafsis vayachar besukos. When they got to Sukkos, Moshe wrote that pasik in his journal. Ukshenasu misukos kasa vayisu misukos. Ukshechanu beisam kasa vayachar beisam. By all of them, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote. Every time they traveled, he wrote another pasik. He wrote another pasik. V'chein al zeh aderach ayakosev kol masa bismano. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote every. Uh, Masa. Again, this is separate from 
we're not getting into the machlokas and mesechas gitin, whether all the halachas of the Torah, right? Sefer Dvarim is generally mitzvahs. It's not the travels, but that's either the machlokas, whether, uh, some of these were, some of those were given Megillah Megillah or, or, or the, the rest of Bamidbar also. The, uh, the, the earlier parts of Bamidbar. Megillah Megillah or Chasuma. But this is the travels. Moshe did it. Until he came to Arvos Moav. Until he came to Arvos Moav, until uh, the end of the 40th year, right, Arvos Moav, towards the end of Shani. And then, right, Arvos Moav, Moshe, Arvos Moav, Al Yarden Yerecho, Hashem was talking to Moshe. After Moshe Rabbeinu had his whole personal journal, Moshe, take your own personal notes. Now I'm going to make that Torah. I'm going to make that part of the eternal Dvar Hashem. And that's now what the first Pazak says. Right? These are the Masos. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote Moshe Pirish. Yom she also made Mitzrayim vehem base ksuvim miva yisum eiram says atev ashvatim those first two psukim wrote the mosayim the omer lemasayim pirish lesader kol masayim shenasu miyom seisum mitzrayim atzofa masos right mosayim that means the first two psukim lemasayim means that all the rest of the psukim until shlishi and then the pasuk says al pi Hashem klomar shemichtav harishon atzmo haya al pi Hashem who even Moshe's personal diary, it wasn't because he decided that he's going to keep his own journal, his own diary to know um, about his life. But even that was up Hashem. And this is the copy, right? That's referring to what actually happened throughout the years. And then the next phrase, these are now the notes that Moshe Rabbeinu was mandated and obligated to put into the Torah. Here's the repeat. Now we're looking back. We're looking back. The first phrase is referring to as they happened. And that's why it's But then afterwards, when we're looking back, that's the Arachayim HaKadosh, fascinating historical insight into Moshe Rabbeinu. He had his own journal and then it was put into Torah. But again, even his own journal was a Hashem, as we learned from the beginning of last week's parsha, the beginning of Parshat Matos. Moshe Rabbeinu, every single word, every single letter, every single thing he did was from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if it wasn't, then we know about it. Right, hitting the rock, why is that emphasized so often in the Torah? Because that's the only thing. That's the only time. Right? Everything else, the veracity of the Nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu, right? We know one of the Animamins is not just the Mitzvah, I think number six is Nevuah, to believe that Akash Baruch Hu create, uh, communicates with mankind, and Nevuah's Moshe Rabbeinu is a separate one of the Animamins. To believe in the uniqueness of the Nevuah Moshe Rabbeinu, to believe in the uniqueness of the human being who Moshe Rabbeinu was, right? That is. Uh, the, but behind this message of the Arachayim HaKadosh telling us what Moshe Rabbeinu did and then what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him to do with that information. Okay. Moving right along, we have after the Masos, towards the end of Perak Lamed Gimel, Vayal Ahari, they get to Har Har, right? One of the three mountains that we know Rashi tells us, one of the three mountains that were not flattened by the Ananiya Kavid, Har Har for the burial of Aaron, Har Nevo, for the burial of Moshe Rabbeinu and Har Sinai. 
right? All of those three obviously were not in Eretz Yisrael because Moshe and Aaron were not zochet to go into Eretz Yisrael in Jordan or Syria somewhere. So they travel from Kaddish, they come to Harahar. Aaron goes up to Har Hahar. Alpi Hashem, that's what Hakadosh Baruch Hu told him to do. Vayamasham, right? Rashi Malamit Shemais Benishika. Vayamasham Bishnas Ha'arbaim. Let's say Shemais Ha'arbaim. Let's say Shemais died in the fortieth year from when they left Mitzrayim. Ba'chodesh Ha'chamishi Bechalachodesh on the first day of the fifth month. The only yard site that is mentioned explicitly in the Torah right here is Aaron Akohen, the first day of Av, right? Which no coincidence that this is laned always right around the first day of Av. The Aaron this year is related on the second day of Av. The Aaron ben Shalosh ve'esrim u'ma'ashana b'moso b'harahar moj Aaron HaKohen was 123 when he died. So that's how we know also the age of his siblings. Miriam was 126, she was three years older, and Moshe, of course, was 120, that it says in the in the Torah. But this is the only yard site, the date that's mentioned in the Torah. It says the Nitziv, in source number two. Now we're back in order. Lo hodiyah hakasiv. Loba Misas Moshev, Loba Misas Miriam, Hachodesh Vayom. Doesn't say anywhere. We know from Chazal, we know working out the Meath, Moshe Rabbeinu Zayanadar, how do you have that? Because of Sukkim in Yehoshua, when the month stopped, if they crossed the Yardin, the 10th of Nisan, and that was after three days of preparation, and the month lasted for a month after the Moshe Rabbeinu's death. So you know, Zayanadar, go backwards, that Moshe Rabbeinu died in Zayanadar, and, Mir- and Miriam died in Nisan, uh, but that's all based on Torah Shabbat only Aaron Cohen is Zochet to have his yard site mentioned in Torah Shebechsav. Lo hodiyah kasev lo b'misaz Moshev lo b'misaz Miriam ha'chodesh v'ayom ki'im b'misaz Aaron l'olam deinu to teach us says the Nitziv she'oso ha'chodesh garam lios l'satan l'gedulas avodas ha'mishkan she'haisa ide Aaron ha'kohen ha'rosh u'mizes simen l'doros t'b'chodesh av'yenech r'beis ha'mikdash Right, the death of Aaron, Aaron HaKohen, the symbol of the Mishkan, the first Kohen Gadol, right, Aaron HaKohen, he was the, the, the whole purpose of the Mishkan was to have the Kohen Gadol do the special Avodah, to bring the Karbanos, and Av undermines that. Av, he dies, and that's a remez, that Av is not going to only undermine Aaron's building of the Mishkan, but later on, Shlomo's building of the Mikdash, right, this is Av, and this is already an illusion, to that idea. That's the Nitzit. If you look in Rav Sternbach in Tamba Das, he has a, um, a different idea. Different idea. But all of them first should point out that this is uh, unique amongst all of the biblical personalities. Hine lo nimsa b'chala Torah, shehizkira v'kavala doros yom misaso shal tzadik, zulasim aranakon. He's the only one, writes Rav Sternbach. V'lo zachu lazeh af lo ha'avos ha'kadoshim al v'shalom. If somebody, what's Avram's yard site? Avri Yisachinyakov, we don't know the, the Avos' yard sites. Okay, maybe Teresh Valpeh, there could be some Svarim, but it's unknown. It's unknown. Right, we know Rachel Imenu's yard site is one that's, that's, that's known. They talk about, uh, right, in, in, in Cheshvan. But, but that's still Teresh Valpeh. That's the most known Teresh Valpeh, maybe out of all of the, the Avos and the most, but he's the only one. Ubiyar Hainian, why is that, says Rif Sternbach, near it. It has to do with Aaron's personality. Not like the Nitziv said in terms of the Mishkan connection and Av and the Tsaris. But no, nothing to do with Av. But just that it made an impression because of who Aaron was. Ubiyar in Yenir, ki midaso ha-miyuchedes, shel Aaron garmalo. 
His unique midah, his unique religious personality. Shaya Oev Shalom, Verodev Shalom. Ube Misaso, this Ablolav called Yisrael. His death affected the entire Jewish people. Chazal say even more than Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? Obviously, Moshe Rabbeinu's death affected them in terms of Torah, but in terms of who they were, in terms of the, the, who they connected to, their, their leader, the one that connected to their hearts, Aaron Akoin, the Oif Shalom and the Rodev Shalom. That yard site, that Yom Petira, had unbelievable cosmic effects. Kidim Afur Shlael, Shnesalak Mehem, Amur HaShalom, the Amudei Ananiyakavid. Whenever there was a fight, there was an argument. They went to Aaron to settle it. And this ultimately became a Bechila Doros. Even though it's Rosh Chodesh, but it's a different type of Rosh Chodesh. Right? It's an unusual day, Rosh Chodesh Av, that we have each year. But again, it's to emphasize. Why is this mentioned? To emphasize that Aaron Cohen had this effect. And we have to recognize, you know, what, what life's about. Life's about, obviously, Talmud Torah, but life's, life's about, you know, affecting others and helping each other out. And being an Aaron Cohen, an Oev Shalom, and a Rodev Shalom, no matter who it is. I don't know if we mentioned recently, but the story of the Ustrup Surah and Rav Chaim Ozer who were vacationing one summer. And they were up by the uh, by one of the seas that the rabbanim in Europe used to go to, and they were each talking to each other, and they were each prodding the other one to give a dvar Torah. And finally, one of them says to the Asraf sir, Rabbi Moser says to the Asraf sir, "You're a gavar rabba, give a dvar Torah. You're a gavar rabba." And the Asraf sir says, "Now I could say something to you. What's a gavar rabba? I'm not a gavar rabba. A gavar rabba isn't just a um, a great person." The Gemara says towards the end of Masechus Makos. That I think it was Rabba that said it's very unusual these foolish people that stand up for Sifrei Torah but don't stand up for Rabbanim because after all the Gemara says in a certain sense the Rabbanim are greater than the Torah how so because the Torah says Arbaim Yakenu in Parshiki say there's forty malchus there's forty lashes if somebody doesn't have a certain certain averos and the Rabbanim came along and took away one and made it thirty nine. One of the places, one of the few places in the Torah that the Torah rounded. The Torah says 40, the Rabbanan say 39. So you see that the Rabbanan are even more powerful than the, than the Torah. Because the Torah says 40 and the Rabbanan can say 39. Okay, that's the Gemara in the name of Rava that come up uh, how Anoshi Tipshoi. Some people are foolish that they say in front of a Torah, not in front of a Gavarabba. But the question asked the Ostrofser is why does the Torah, why does the Gemara await to Pashas Kiseitse to quote a Pasuk about rounding to show that the Rabbanan are even more powerful. There's much two, two Svarim earlier in the Vayikra. It says, Tisru Chamishim Yom, and we count 49 days. So you don't have to wait all the way to the end of the Torah for a, um, a person who is uh, to show that the Rabbanan are great. And again, I didn't quote the language of the Gemara. The language of the Gemara is, is important, that they stand up in front of a Torah, but they don't stand up in front of a Gavarabba. Don't say in front of a, a Gavarabba. And what makes the Rabbanan a Gavarabba? Because they made the Torah 40 to 39. So they asked the Ostrovs, sir, why don't they quote their earlier Pasuk 50 to 49? Right? Also, the Rabbanan interprets. So explains the Ostrovs, sir, to Chaim Ozer, a Gavarabba doesn't just mean that you interpret the Torah differently than the Pashup Shat. It means that you remove the suffering of a fellow Jew. And you make it easier and lift the load even of a Russia, you take off a lash, you take off one maka of a fellow Jew, that's a Gavarabba. That's a Gavarabba. That's not a, 
um, a person who, who could darshan well. But that's a guy, and that Aaron Akohen was the greatest Gava Rabba in our history. Aaron Akohen, who every single Jew felt a connection to. Right? And every single Jew felt that, that he was their friend. The different Chazals that Aaron went to each one of them and said the other one wants to make up. Aaron went to each one of them, or just went to people and just befriended them. And they said, if Aaron's my friend, I, I, I better do, I better do better. Right? That's what the Mepharshim Rashi and the other Mepharshim on the Mishnah Pirkei Abbas quote. Oy, the Sabrius of Makarban Latora. But that is, that's Aaron Akohen, and that's why he gets to be mentioned. His yard site is the only one because it had a cosmic effect on all of Klal Yisrael, and we have to remember that day. And maybe that day of Avas Habrios and Avas Yisrael, we have to make sure that we follow in Aaron Akohen's in Aaron Akohen's path. Continuing this idea is Rav Saratskin in source number four. So we have the Nitziv, we have the uh, Rav Sternbach, and we have Rav Saratskin as Zion Latora. Says Rav Saratskin. Call Haprabishas Mem in the fortieth year again. His place over Israel. Bechodesh Machrishi Bechalachodesh. Call Haprata Ma'ela Lama Nemru Bechlau Ubemakam Azeh Belobemakam Misas Befrat. It's not even. This is this is the review, if you remember of of Jewish history. It wasn't even said at the time that he died. This is just the review, right? That that's that's his um, unique question that he asked, right? Now, Aaron Miriam already died in, in Parshas Chukas and Aaron Akohen. Right, so what? What is the why? Dafka when they're reviewing, they, they didn't even mention that. Uh, where is it? In the end of Chukas by Chamishi, right? In Parachaf, Pasuk Chavez, he asked Aaron Alamav Kilo Yavar Al Arzer Nasadav Bnei Yisrael. Kaches Aaron Vahalosam Har Har Vayavshi Moshe Aaron is because of Vayabish Osam Es Lozav Bedov Vayomas Aaron Shamper Rosh Har Aaron dies back in Parshas Chukas Vayered Moshe Lozav Bnei Har Vayurkal Eidik Yigav Aaron Vivkos Aaron Shloshim Yom Kol Base Yisrael. And that's where the Anayakavit disappeared, and that's why the king of Arad, Kanani Melech Arad, heard about it, and he was going to attack. So, Esav Saratskin, why does the date only mentioned now in the review of history and not when it actually happened? This is in, this is in the 40th year. This is the, Well, that was also the 40th year, but this is already uh, by the um, by the Masos. So, says the Azayim Latar, Vishlomarapidivriya Medrashecha. The Medrash that Tosas quotes in Baba Basra, Shabachal Shana Yamesim, Big Zira Savaraglim, Teslav Elef, who protrobatishabov. Right? Every year in the Midbar, and Rashi there quotes this, some of this with the Rashbam there quotes some of this also. Right? That every year in the Midbar we know a certain percentage died. Because between twenty and sixty they weren't going into Eretz Yisrael. So what happens? Every year the Medrash says that many dug their own graves the night of Tishabov. Very spooky. But that's what the Medrash says. And they used to sleep in the air in the morning. Moshe Rabbeinu used to say, Whoever is alive, get up. And they get up, and whoever did not get up were buried. Right, so that's, the, that's what happened. And in the last year, the last year, the, the ones who were supposed to die, the ones who were supposed to die didn't die. They didn't die the last year. And that's one of the, Rabbi Gemara said, that's one of the uh, reasons that Tuba'av is a happy day. Because... They had white off because in that last year they all went uh, and buried themselves, so to speak, on Tishvav. And when everybody got up, not one person died. They thought they miscalculated, so they did it again on the tenth. And they let maybe it wasn't Tishvav. They got the wrong day until Tuba'av, when they saw the moon was full and they realized that Hashem uh, forgave them, and therefore they had a day of simcha. So that was the that's the medrash that the. Quotes. And now, getting back to us, the Pasuk is being Meramis to us here. It was the Misa of Aaron that brought the Kapara. Right? Kapara's 
of tzaddikim. Uve pracha bachol of kol bnei yisrael. And especially because all bnei, as we just read the pasuk in Chukas, all bnei yisrael cried for Aaron. Bechol abochel adam kasher mochla lo kol avonosav. Bishvul kavod shasalon. Whoever cries for another kasher has bechilas avonos. So Aaron Cohen had kap, brought kapara because the misa tzaddikim brings kapara, and all of Chayisal cried for him. And there's Mechila Savonis related to that. And therefore, Kapara, for those that were left, from those that were of age, that they weren't supposed to go into Eretz Yisrael, because of the Misa of Aaron and the Bechia of all of Yisrael on him, there was Slicha. When it talks about the details of Aaron Cohen's death in Chukas, at that, right when Aaron died, nobody knew that there was going to be any ramification of this death. Aaron died. They didn't know there was going to be kapara and mechila based on the bechia. Right? Because he died on the first day of Av, and then eight days later, on the Tishabav that year, right, the day that the Meraglim came back, they all knew that date. It was the day that Meraglim came back and gave the evil report, and that's the reason that they're traveling in the desert for 40 years. And they couldn't go in. So a, a week after Aaron Cohen's death, in the still in the month of Shloshim, they dug the graves. But they all stayed alive, as the Medrash in the Rashbam, right? Only afterwards, only now, because now they can look back and realize the effect. It already left. Now, when Moshe Rabbeinu is writing and recording the Torah from his notes, as the Archaim HaKadr said before, from his notes that he had taken, so now they can look back and realize it was Aaron Akoin's death that allowed them, that brought Kapara, both, it was a team, it was the, the automatic Kapara of Etzadik plus the Bechia on Adam Kasher of Klai Yisrael together, that brought Kapara for, for them, and in that way, the last group were saved, and that's why it was written, recorded here, and wasn't recorded earlier in the, in the text when it actually, when it actually occurred. Okay. Continuing again, relating to this story of Aaron Cohen's death, these psukim, the Torah records again uh, what was the reaction of the enemies when Aaron Cohen died. Aaron Cohen was 123, and he died by Yishma and the hears He's sitting in the Negev. And the um, story continues. But Rashi quotes already um, earlier, and Rashi quotes here as well, That's why it says it again here, uh, to emphasize to that. Says the Shemen HaTov, relating to this, again, this relates to the thought that we just said, but it's such a powerful thought. Such a powerful thought, Rasa by Weinberger, here in the third chalik of the Shem Atov. Source number five. In all occurrences of life, 
שנסתרה דרכי ההשגחה. ואינם מבינים איך מאור אחד, יש לו חשיבות למה שקדם ממנו. So often in life we don't understand the connection and the meaning of events, whether it's world events, whether it's personal events. We can't put it together. We can't put the pieces together. Imagine you have a, you have a puzzle with a thousand pieces and you have ten of the pieces. You look at ten of the pieces. You have no idea. We have no idea how, how, how these puzzle pieces connect to each other. Only over time, when pieces start interlocking, then we can look back and realize what the original pieces were and how they connect to each other. Ubal Omar, again, says the Shem Anatov, Right, the Dagi Ashkacha are hidden. We don't know how one occurrence, one event, with what preceded it. Sometimes we have to wait years to realize what the connection is between the Inyanim. I met somebody that they, 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 they helped me out later in life, a grandfather. So many times the, the groundwork is laid so many years earlier. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu could look out from outside of time. Hashem is looking from up above. Outside of time and realize, you know, the foreshadowing, so to speak, in life. Sometimes there's an author who foreshadows, who puts a detail in an earlier chapter, and it's only going to be significant much, much later on. And the reader is not going to even realize it at the time. So too in our lives. There's so much foreshadowing, we just don't understand it because we're not the writer. We're not the playwright, the artist. And says the Shem Anatov, we have to wait off it. Especially in our generation, he writes in the 20th century. It will one day become understandable. One day. All of a sudden they have this fight. All of a sudden they have this, uh, this war. This, what are they attacking them all of a sudden? But, but only now. When, you know, it said it then, but why does it repeat it here? Because now they understood it. When they re- review all the Maso's row as Kesher Advarim, they realize going from place to place to place, and they realize they're no more out in the Akavid, and that's what opened up their borders. Vezel Ke'ei Mashaba Fursam, he quotes from Rameer Shapiro, the Piresh, Hashubas, HaKadosh Baruch Hashelis Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu asks, the only time, maybe one of the only times, he also was refused to go into Eretz Yisrael, Right, let me know your ways. And according to Chazal, he wants to understand Sadek Varalo, Rasha Vatovlo, and according to some amazing suggestion, um, if we think about it, it's based on Chazal, but it's not pointed out. I know there are ten or ten different views in Masechus Malabasra about who wrote Sefer Eov. Who wrote Sefer Eov? So, and when did Eov live? All different suggestions. Some and what one opinion even says it was a marshal, but one of the opinions is that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote Sefer Eov. It's one of the Pshatim, which is all about Tzalik Varala Rasha Vatovlo. So Moshe Rabbeinu asks Hakadosh Baruch Hu to get an answer, and he's not given an answer, and he instead writes his own Sefer relating to the the uh, the issue. And the question is how to understand the end of Sefer Eov, right? Is there an answer given? It seems to be that Eov was satisfied. Doesn't explain it really. Right? It just the Eo, HaKadosh Baruch Hu explains his power and how he's different from Eov, and Eov seems to say that he accepts what HaKadosh Baruch Hu's answer was. But either way, back to Rameer Shapiro, Rameer Shapiro says, Moshe Rabbeinu asks, 
And Hashem says, And many explained, Shapiro, he can't understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the time. He can only understand looking back, says the, says the Shemanato. Okay. So that's historical events are only sometimes understood much, much later. We continue now. We finish the Masos and we finish uh, the beginning of the Parsha. We have the Gvulos. The Gvulos of Eretz Yisrael are listed in Perak Lamedalid. And included in the Gvulos are cities of refuge. Cities of Levium, right, 48, but six of those are Arei Miklat. That's in Perak Lamed Hey, by Dabar Shem Moshe, Barvos Moav, Al Yardin Yerechali Marshem, says the Moshe and Arvos Moav, on the banks, on the banks of the Yardin, which is near Yericho, on the other side of the, of the, uh, of the Jordan. So after describing the cities of the Levium, uh, it says, as Arma Shedin Levium, as Sheish Areha Miklat, Asher Tidu Lanu Shama Harotzeach, Eight out of the forty-eight, six of them are designated Ari Miklat, Baalayam Titnu, Arboy Mishtaim Ir. And besides the six, you have another another forty-two. Right? That's Ari Miklat, and that's called Galus. That's called a word for Galus. Havi Gola. If you look in the Imre Baruch, Rabbi Simon Sefer, here on our Parsha, he quotes the first Rosh Hashiva of Karen Biyavne, Rav Chaim Yaakov Goldbert, who explains, because I'll tell us Havi Gola, right, same word, Gola Lamakim Torah. So he quotes, Why is it called Gullus? Go to a Makam Torah. Exile yourself to a Makam Torah. Why is Dafka that word used? To exile to a Makam Torah. Because Gullus, exile, because we're saving ourselves. There's a terrible danger here. So we're exiling from this spot in order to be saved. We know Gullus, you know, Gullus is terrible. It's an Onesh. We went into Gullus. But really, as, as Chazal tell us, Hashem destroyed the base of Migdash instead of destroying us. And therefore, exile in a sense is a, is a Hatzala. Is a Hatzala. So, says the Rav Chaim Yaakov Golvecht, a murderer, an accidental murderer, has to run to an ear miklat in order to save his life. Kach ben Torah. The same verb is used because of ben Torah. We have to go to makam Torah in order to save our lives. Golus saves. Because that saves also, right? And that's, he quotes the Gemara and the Rambam and the Masechah's Makas about Amr Yisrael Maikra, Venos Alachaz Remael Vachai. We have to live in the Ir Miklat and Chazal say, what is Vachai? Ovid Lemidit Havi Lechiyusa. Do something that you will live. And what does that mean? Make sure he has Torah. Tana, Talmud, Shagala, Maglin, Rabo, Imo. If a student has to go into Golas, his Rebbe has to go. What about if he can listen to his Rebbe online? Right, and... Um, We'll have to ask Elio and Avi those questions. And the Rambam writes, He have to do an act based to give him life. And the Rambam's beautiful. And those who seek it, not just those who have it, those who seek it, 
If they don't have that, it's like death. And therefore, maglin rabo imo. So asks the Rav Goldach, what does that mean? The Ari Leviim were exactly that, Arim of Leviim. There were Rebbeim there, there were Leviim there, so they could teach Torah. So why do we have to make his Rebbe schlep? There's plenty of Torah there in the Ari Miklat. So why do you have to send this Rebbe? Ubier. You're right. He can learn in the Ari Leviim even without his Rebbe. Im calls it, but still, because he's used to this Rebbe and he's comfortable with this Rebbe. And they connect. They have a soul connection. If he has to be with a different Rebbe, against his will, so then it could negatively affect him. And therefore that will affect his spiritual life. If he's not in the place where he wants to be. If we're not on the highest level, so that's already, that's, that, that's recognized in halacha. There's Talmud Torah and there's Talmud Torah. Right, the Gemara said at the beginning of Megillah, Mavatlan Talmud Torah, B'nai Mikra Megillah. So some of the Bali Machshava ask, what do you mean Mavatlan Talmud Torah? But Talmud Mikra Megillah, Mikra Megillah is Bittal Torah. It's also Torah. You're doing a mitzvah. So is, is it Bittal Torah that really called? You, are you learning also when you hear the Megillah? Yeah, but you're not learning as, as deep as you, as you could be learning. You're just hearing it. We're not learning as, as in the same depth. And that's also, if we're not learning with the same depth and quality uh, that we could be learning, that's also called the Bittal Torah. See so here too, if you can learn from the Levium, learn from the Levium, but you can also learn from your Rebbe in a different way, that's called not full life. Yalkein. Kibesh that he learned from him that there's always a great difference. If one is not learning on the same level that they can be learning, it's like Misa and Chaim. That's what we said, the Rav, even they can learn from his, the, the Rebbe and the Levim. But if he's not learning from the Rebbe that they can be learning with, so then it could have uh, an effect. And that's why Chazal say, because it's a Hatzala. It's really saving us. So that is, uh, we learn from the Ari Miklat. And we know many of uh, Svarim quote the Ari Miklat and the, the Bate Medrish. And the Bate Knesios in our day, they are the they are the saviors. They are the place that we have to go to save ourselves uh, from in this yam of life that there's so much around us. We have to make sure that the outlook that we have on everything in life comes from within, comes from the comes from inside the base medrash. That's our place where we live and are saved, and that is Mashpia outside. We've quoted in uh, Parshas Achremos years ago the beautiful idea that. The machlokas between the tztukim and the prushim. The tztukim say, what do you do? You light the fire of the ktores. You pour the ktores onto the coals. First, when you're outside the Kodesh Kodashim, and then you carry it inside to the Kodesh Kodashim. But the prushim, and what we all do is, no, chas v'shalom is the opposite. First you go in, the avod ha-kashashim mikdash the Kohen Gadol goes in, and he has to do everything. He can't use his left hand, so he has to use it with his with his shoulder, with his elbow, with his uh, underarm. Right? Avod ha how do you uh, pour the ktores 
onto the hot coals without dropping even a tiny amount and putting it there, but you light the fire on the inside and then you go out and then the smoke comes out. There's a symbolism to that, right? Because our ultimate values come from within the Kodesh Kodashim and it radiates out and the smoke goes out. Not from out to in, but from in to out. And that's our R.A. Miklat. That's how we have to uh, recognize our life and realize uh, everything that we have from the from the inside. Okay. Says the Shemi Shmuel about the Are Miklat. Says the Shemi Shmuel, right? We just read the Psukim that there's a there's a difference between the forty eight Are Leviim. There's six and forty two. They all function somewhat as an ear Miklat, but there are six dedicated. Six dedicated Are Miklat and forty two Are Leviim that kind of serve as a backup. What's the difference? Chazal tell us, and the Shemi Shmuel in Tough Resh Ayin Hay tells us that was the year, about the year, I don't know, 1915 or so. The Shemi Shmuel said a little over a hundred years ago. The six are Miklad um, protect. Automatically, you run into an ear miklat, it protects you. You don't even have to realize that you're there. You don't have to realize that you're in the ear miklat. It protects you, and the Gaul Adam is not allowed to come in. Umembe's are halavim, and the 42 are halavim, ain't on kodos aladas, but the 42 have to be with das, with knowledge. Yesh lomar, what's the message? How do we, where do we, uh, see a remez to that? The 42 and the 6. Alpi mashi gad nukfar. The sheis tivin de yehuda'ah, hen neged sheish are hamiklat. There are six words in the first Pasuk of Shema. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Those six words are like the six Ari Miklat. That declaration of Emunah protects us. And we find refuge in that first statement. Uparshas v'yahavta yishba membeis teven. And there are 42 words in the first Parsha of Kriyashma. Hilumas membeis are levim. That's the 42 are levim, says the Shemi Shmuel. There's six and 42, the first six words. Now we have the 42 words in the first Parsha of Kriyashma. Hainu, da'afilu chata, shenemer alav, shu kishofech dam, yishlo tikun b'kriyashma. Kriyashma, the first parish of Kriyashma could also be a Hatsala. Kibisidar Ariza Bakavanas Kriyashma Shalamita. Vikvar Amarnu. Hatanda Aftari Miklain and Kodosala Shogagin. Gamizidin di Deish Ladunu Klaska Shogagin. Vatikinu Bishneofanim. What are the two ways that we could get a tikun? What are the two ways that we get a tikun? And he says, even in the world of Machshava and Chait, not in the world of, of, of Halacha, right? A, a murderer, a mazed murderer, you know, is, uh, cannot run to a near Miklat. But, uh, in the world of machshava and thoughts and uh, the drush understanding, there are two ways that we can get a tikkun. Hainu ha'echad ba'hemik bi'yichad Hashem sheino milvado v'kol achayes v'metzias hein ma'amitas himatzo. Life is totally on Hashem. Yichud Hashem. Everything is is connected to Him. The source of all is Yichud Hashem. Is Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Right? Hashem alakin Hashem echad. V'alakin afilu chata b'chayim b'ha'onesh hula abed. Even if we're supposed to, to, to lose our chiyus, we connect to Hakadosh Baruch because we realize he's the orha, he's the makar achayim. But often so number one is through Amuna. Number one is through recognizing Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the source of all. That's one way we could save ourselves. And number two is not just through the Amuna of the mind, but it's the ava of the heart. The parshas v'yahavta dveikus b'ashem yisbarach ba'ava ba'hatlas Hashem alokecha. The Levim are those that sing. They sing and they and they spread love. 
Alkain, that's why you get, uh, though, a person gets inspired through that avoda of the Levim. Va'akalcha, second column. So these two ideas are connected to the six and the forty-two. How so? Amazing. comes through thinking about a Baruch Hu and understanding what He does for me, and knowing that every little aspect of life is a gift. Right? That's v'yahafta. That's avas Hashem. That comes with thinking about it with das. But Yichud Hashem, Ein O Milvado, you can't understand that. We can't really understand the Kaddish Baruch Hu's presence and the fact and how he is the source of all life. We can, we can know it. We can recognize it, but we're not going to understand it. It's not going to be full das for, for that emuna. I think according to the pastor, Chaim Salvashik says, emuna starts where, where understanding ends. Something like that. Right, where understanding ends, that's where Amunah starts. Adaraba, Lufiasekal Agasa Enushi, Nirakishnefachiminosiachad. It's like opposites. Kiana Rom Bene, Nudvaram Gushim Bachamriim, Mikamaka Mesa, Tobis Makam Klau, El Mokhalaras Boda. We see even terrible tragedies happen, but we know Akadish Baruch Hu is there too. Malochalaras Kvodo. So, Ukumokoda Briasa Olam, Kenachar Briasa Olam. Niasham Moshinisi, Hashem hasn't changed. The Ephesula Sova, Eno Movado. Vudavashin Kokhosekal Enoshi, Lasiko. We can't fathom it. But we just have to believe it. So that's the six Ari Miklat that are collate even without us. That's Shema Yisrael Hashem Alkin Hashem Echad. Because that's without us. We have Emunah. Kodesh Baruch Hu's in charge. But via Hafta, the first parsha of Kriyash by the 42, Avas Hashem, may be reflected through Tefillin, through Mezuzah, Avas Hashem, Talmud Torah. That's only Ladas. That's only if one thinks about it. Dugma de tu b'sheishari miklat kaltos nami shaloladas ukemosh ein hadas tofis b'hayichud avol men bezari levim shein dugmas va'ahavta einam kaltos el ladas kemosh ein yana'ava b'lo ladamrak mitzad hadas. Amazing thought of the shemi shmuel putting a halacha, a dry halacha that we might be familiar with. The six are miklat and they're called even shaloladas. The forty-two only ladas parallels that to the first pasuk and the first parsha of Kshma. And then talks about the the message of the emuna and the and the ahav. Okay, one final thought from the Eish Tamid for all of for all of the parents and teachers out there and educators and really all of us, really all of us. Quotes the Rashbam, the Rashbam at the end of Sefer Bamidbar. Then this here by Midbar we have the. Return of the Benoslavchad, all the way at the end. All the way at the end, we have the return of the Benoslavchad, and they're told the rules who they can marry. At least in the first generation, we know the first generations, we didn't want all the Shvatim to get mixed up, right? That was on Tuba'av. I mentioned before, one of the six reasons we're happy on Tuba'av is because then everybody, that was the day that Chazal said, in the next generation, everybody can marry whoever they want. Um, but up until that point, uh, there were limitations, and especially for the Benoslavchad. What does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says, towards the beginning of Perak Lamed Vav, right? the problem is, if the Menos Lafchad marry out, and then their Chelek is going to be to a different Shevet. So, right? you're going to give us a land, but what's going to happen if we marry out? Whoever we marry out to a different Shevet, so then they're going to get our Nachla. And it's going to go to that, that Shevet. 
And Moshe says, you're right. Pasuk hey. Kinmati b'nei Yosef dovrim. They're correct. This is the rule. But Oslav will get a separate distinction and instructions. Right? Whoever you want to marry. But stick in your shevet. Marry whoever you want. Stick in your shevet. So it won't switch. All shvatim. All Shvatim through Beno Slavchad, then this was told to all Shvatim. Right? Latov Be'enehem. Latov Be'enehem. So if you look in the Rashbam, and it's quoted here in the Ishtam, Latov Be'enehem, Minashevet Shalahem Lafi Abshat. Because we're about to say that they can't marry anybody they want. So what does it mean, Latov Be'enehem Tiena Lashim? Ach, Lemishpachal Be'enehem Tiena Lashim? So, Minashevet Shalahem. So that's the last line of the Rashbam in, in uh, Bamidbar. So, What's the what's the Rashbam telling us? Rashi's great grandson, his grandson who was great. Right, the Rashbam is bothered. Says the Ish Tamid. Right, it says what, what is the Torah saying? They can marry whoever they want. Right afterwards, it says they're limited. So this is not Tov Be'enehem. The Bnos Lafchad were all of a sudden told a a decree. All the girls of that generation are about to be told they can marry much fewer people than they thought. Right, all of their hatsaot, all of their perspective chasanim are much less. Maybe they had their eye on other boys from other Shvatim, and now they can't. It's a very tough pill to swallow. Says the Eish Tamid, the Torah is giving us a lesson in life. Whenever we want to educate, whenever we have to say a no, whenever we have to put a limit, always start off with what's allowed. Always start off with the, po- with the positive, the yeses. Start off with the good news. You can marry with whoever you want. Whoever you want within your shevet. Within your shevet. But recognize this, whoever you want. I remember way back in, in Bracious, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Isha, you could eat from any tree, any tree, just not from this tree. When she repeated it to the Nachash, she said, I can't eat from any tree. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu was giving us insight. First, you have to say, you can eat from any tree you want, just not this one. Yisod Gadol Binyani Achinuch, says the Ish Tambit. This is a Yisod Gadol. Kasher Bon Mahag Mil Yeled, when we're trying to limit, when we have to say a no. Upamim Rabo Sarach Lasos Kenim. Many times we have to. Mikom Apam In Lomar Lomiyat Asr Lasos Kach. Vasr Kach. Ki Kasher Ayelot Shomer Rakaz Masha Asur. It's hard. What can I do? What can I eat? Maybe that's what the Rajbam is alluding to in his Pshat of the Pasik. Okay, it's the balance. They're about to have a, a big no, a big limit. But the Torah is alluding to us um, how to say it. Because the Torah is the ultimate source of, of teaching, right? The word Torah means laharos, to teach. 
Right? And that's what the Torah teaches us in every aspect of life, including this last one, in terms of educating our children and our students and ourselves, recognize the positives and the yeses before we get to the nos. Slick, Sefer, Bamidbar, Bar, Hashem. Next time we pick up all of Klai Yisrael together in Sefer Devarim.